Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Covenant Life. Welcome to the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are here for, a, for the first time, somebody invited you, or you found us on Google, then you know what Google is. No? Google is God's assistant. <laughs> uh, then we welcome you. We're so glad you're with us. It's a bit warm, but uh, you can just turn to your, your neighbor and say, cool it. Yeah, that, that should be enough, yeah. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Have you got your notes? Look something like this. And from now on, for the next eight weeks, we're going to have notes for every sermon so that everything you learn, you can write down. And you don't forget everything. The shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. All right, very good. And if you don't have your notes, just, just show your hand. Uh, and people will bring notes to you. If you don't have a pen, then we have pens as well. Let's invite our speaker for this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that the Word of God is in our language and in our hands. I want to thank you that you have not forgotten our, our pains, our hurts, our burdens. I want to thank you that you are able to speak through calloused hearts. You're able to uh, even speak into hurting minds. I know that there are so many things that can distract us and dissuade us this morning. I know that there are memories that hold us back and there are fears in the future that keep us from going forward. But no matter what, we are here with your presence and in your, with your promises with a conviction that you have great things ahead for us. And we are with people who are committed to us and love us. Thank you for this congregation that I deeply love with my whole, with my whole heart. Thank you for loving me and for loving them. And I pray that many would come to find that perfect love that is only available in you. That completion that is only available in you. Now speak, Lord. Speak in a way, in simple tones, to lives and hearts and minds that are disturbed, hurting, lonely, uh, busy, distracted, fearful. Wherever we're at, speak into our lives, Lord, that we may take one step forward in faith this morning, knowing that it is of you and in response to you. In the mighty and powerful name of the person we will one day see, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I want to welcome you to a 40-day campaign. When we say campaign, we mean we stop everything, we drop everything, and we focus all our energies on that one thing. When we start a campaign, we're saying Sunday school, youth, worship, small groups, quiet times, everything hones in on that one thing and we are laser focused on what we're trying to accomplish. And for the next 40 days, starting on the 16th of this month, which is a week hence, okay, starting 16th of this month, after next Sunday's message, we begin a 40 day of prayer. 40 days of prayer. That doesn't mean you're going to pray for 40 days. You should pray every day for the rest of your life. But we're going to be talking about prayer, the power of prayer, breakthroughs through prayer, miracles that happen when you have a strong prayer life, bonds that prayer, marriages that are, that are rebuilt because of prayer, and everything that God can do to take you to the next level. Are you with me? Okay, so we're starting that when? 16th of July, and we will end on the 23rd of August, and we'll celebrate that following Sunday with testimonies and all sorts of uh, news about what God has done in these 40 days. So we drop everything. Sunday school is going to be talking about 40 days of prayer. Small groups, we're going to be talking about 40 days of prayer. Uh, Sunday mornings, we're going to be talking about it. Worship is going to be focusing on that. Every aspect. We're going to have a, a, a seven-day 
every, every week, your small group leader will give you your seven-day quiet time so that you're reading every day. And over the next 40 days, it's going to be powerful. So today is an introduction, and I need to get you ready because there's growth that's going to happen two ways. There's going to grow growth that's going to happen uh, width-wise, you know, broad scope. Uh, we're going to expand. More people are going to join our church, uh, our family, our community. And we're also going to grow deeper. We're going to grow deeper. If you haven't been growing, you're going to start growing. And that's a threat. Okay? If you know somebody in your family that's not been growing, they're going to start growing. Why? Because you're praying. God's going to do some amazing things. And I don't want you to miss the fireworks. Most of the problems we have in our life is because of immaturity. It's because of immaturity. A man makes blunders in his life, in his family, his managers, because of his immaturity, because of the way he responds immaturely. He's not able to come up with the wisdom that is required for the given situation. A woman makes mistakes or, or says things and regrets because of the lack of maturity. We make most of our bad decisions because of maturity, because we base it on feelings. We base it on, on, on circumstances. Spiritual growth is God's will. God does not want you to be immature. God does not want you to remain immature. A baby is very cute. Hannah? They're so cute. The little small little round little things. And the baby toes and the baby lips and the baby cheeks. And it's beautiful. Very pills. You enjoy that period. But you hope that it's a short period. Because after six years, if you're still enjoying a baby, there's a problem. You want that baby to grow. It's not cute after six years if you're still googling and gaggling and, and, and need a diaper change. So God wants us in our spiritual life to grow. People, people grow old, but they don't grow up. People grow old, but they don't grow up. And that's what God wants from us. You know something? I have one boy, a son, and he never grew consistently. He grew in spurts. You know this if you're a parent. Okay? You took to the left, you look to the right, you look back, and they've grown. Every time you look away, they don't grow in front of you. They grow when you're not looking. Yes or no? Yes. It's okay to respond. Jesus will not be unhappy. Okay? So there are seasons of growth. There are particular times in the year. There are particular times where you grow. There are times when you grow emotionally because you go through a difficult period in your life. There are times when you grow physically because you are exercising or you're doing something physical for your life. Growth is not consistent all the way. Growth is seasonal. So when we focus our energies on a particular time, God will want us to grow. God will help us to grow. You are going to grow in the next 40 days. In the next few weeks, there's going to be some changes to your life deep down in the very systems of your faith. God is going to do some reconstruction and God is going to see, show you some amazing growth. You don't want to be one of those guys who grow old but don't grow up. Alright? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. Let's read it together. We are... Or that is too small. Can you see it? But it's in your notes as well, isn't it? Yeah, wonderful. 
Okay, we are not meant to remain as children at the mercy of every chance of wind or teaching. Instead, we are meant to hold firmly to the truth in love and to grow up in every way into Christ. So this growing up is dead serious. We are very serious about this. And for all growth or for all movement, there are some laws. You have the laws of thermodynamics. You have the laws of aerodynamics. You have the laws, physical laws. And so there are also spiritual laws. Here are the six spiritual ways, spiritual laws for spiritual growth. Number one, write this down. We grow when we, when we feed on God's word. We grow when we feed on God's word. The word of God is soul food. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says, Jesus said, people need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. Some of us learned the different version, a different version we said. A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. We need God's word to grow. Acts chapter 20 verse 32 says, Paul says, the word of grace is able to do what? To build you up and give you all the blessings that God has for his people. The word of faith is able to build you up. The word of grace is able to build you up, give you all the blessings that God has for his people. How do you feed? How do you feed on God's word? We teach this in the 201 class or the maturity class. We teach the hand illustration. Okay? And you have how many fingers on your hand? Most of us. Yeah, yes. Five. And the little one is we hear God's word. We hear God's word. And the next one after that is we study God's word. We get deeper. We get the meaning. We get into the background. We make sure we got the right understanding. Number three, we... Sorry, did I say study? I said read. Number two is read. Number three is study. Number four is memorize. You're getting stronger. You're getting stronger. And then you meditate and you meditate and apply is the palm when you grip it. When you grip it. Okay? Sometimes I go shopping and, uh, for, for groceries and oftentimes I have too many bags. You know? And each of the bag is on one finger. And by the time the one that is on the smallest finger, the one that is just here, the word of God, it can get pretty heavy. After a while, in the beginning, you don't think two kilos of potatoes is that heavy, but afterwards it gets a bit heavy, and then you realize this one finger can't handle it for too long. Hearing the word of God is nothing. It's 20% of what you do. You hear the message, and when you hear 92% of what you do, you forget. You forget. By Wednesday, you would have forgotten what I just said. Everything, the feel, everything you would have forgotten. But when you hear, and you read, and then you study, and then you memorize, you meditate, and then you apply it, that's when you absolutely seal it home. So we want to put everything into play. Put everything into play. But it starts with feeding on God's word. Now some of you are saying, but Pastor Jerry, why are you telling me this? I already do this. Good. Are you willing to help me help someone else? The moment you think through this entire message, you think, but I'm already doing this. Why are you telling me? Well, and then I'm telling you to help me to help someone else to get this. But over the next 40 days, starting from next Sunday, every day we're going to feed on God's word. Every day. It's going to be like camp. I don't know if you remember camp. We're going to feed on God's word. And you're going to have a portion to read every day. I'm going to be sending my devotional every day. And every day we're going to start. So action point. Write it down. A daily time with God for 40 days. 
a daily time with God for 40 days. Okay, number two, second law of spiritual growth. We grow when we learn in different ways. We grow when we learn in different ways. Why? Because all of us learn differently. All of us learn differently. I was a very bad student in school. In school. I don't know if I should be saying that out loud. <laughs> but I was terrible in school. So when it came to that whole idea of just sitting quiet and listening, 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 listening for six hours and then going home all alone and then reading, reading, reading and then going and giving an exam, I absolutely blew it. Okay? So when I went to another form of uh, study and a different uh, education system and where I got to speak, I got to discuss, I got to make projects, I did very well in that system over there. We learn differently. We learn differently. We come across feeling very foolish or not so wise in one system, but actually speaking, we learn differently. And we want to put through those 40 days every possible angle, every way of learning so that everybody gets something. How does that sound? Yes? So it's not all about sermon, sermon, sermon. It's not all about study, study, study. It's about everything. We're going to have people doing stuff. We're going to have projects. We're going to have all sorts of fun things. And you don't have to do what you don't like to do. How do you like that? You don't have to do what you don't like to do. Don't you hate those children when you go to church and they make you do things you don't like to do? Like sing. We grow when we learn in different ways. Luke chapter 3 verse 18 says, In many different ways John preached the good news to the people. So even John the Baptist had several different ways of getting his point across. There are four particular ways we learn differently. There are many, but there are four uh, most popular ways. One is by auditory listening, learning, auditory learning through the ear gate. Okay, by listening. We listen and we learn. But not everybody knows how to listen well. Not everybody listens well. The second way is by watching or reading. That's why now cooking shows on YouTube are better than the recipes. Okay, so every time I now want to make, you know, a prawn curry or something like that, I don't go for a recipe book, recipe book. I go for a YouTube. So I go straight to my gurus and I find them and I give them and I watch while they're doing, I watch, I flip those prawns. <laughs> so there's a second way and that is by reading or, 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 or what is it? Watching or reading. So that's the eye gate. That's the eye gate. I want to see how it's done. I want to see how it's done. All right. The third way is by talking, oral, external processing. Talk about it. Get it. Get it out there. You know, figure it out. Ask questions. Debate a little bit. And by and the fourth one is by doing it. Can you set it? Doing it. Get put it in action. Find people learn through their hands. They want to make something. They want to see how that works. See how it works. So we have, uh, we have listening, we have watching, reading, we have talking, and we have doing it. Men often, men often learn mostly by doing, by doing, because they say, let's, I want to learn how to, how to fish, you know, you actually want to do that. I want to learn how to play uh, volleyball or basketball, you learn how to do it, you actually, you can't, there's no correspondence course in swimming. Job chapter 33 verse 14, God speaks in different ways and we don't always recognize his voice. So we're going to try all the four styles, every possible way during the campaign so that everybody learns in different ways. We may be in India and we might feel we are all very academic, but we're not. I'm not. So for those of you who are with me, let's join. Yay. Number three, 
We grow when we develop spiritual same habits. We grow when we develop spiritual habits. Your character is the sum total of your habits. Your character, in fact, even your success is the sum total of your habits. You can't say you have quality of kindness unless you're habitual about it. Okay, let me explain. If I was honest 25% of the time, would you say that I'm an honest person? No. If I was faithful to my wife 50% of the time, would you say that I'm a faithful person? Answer, no. So either it's a habit or it's not at all. Your character is built, is defined by your habits. So you build habits. You build habits. You build disciplines, devotional practices, prayer practices, personal practices. And we're going to help you do that during this period of time. They are the building blocks. We introduced this to you in the class, uh, maturity class, but we want you to be able to uh, pick this up in the campaign as well. So how do you develop habits? Two words, write it down. Repetition and practice. Repetition and practice. Repetition and practice. So you ask, why 40 days? Why 40 days? That's a long, that's longer than a month. Because it takes six weeks to put some habits into place. That's why 40 days. Not just because Moses was in the wilderness for 40 days and, and 40 is a very biblically favorite number. It's true. So even that way, yes. But 40 days is about six weeks. You need three weeks to put, to get comfortable with a pra practice, a new change in your life. And then another three weeks about that to kind of get really into it and to make it stick. To make it stick. You know, <laughs> you and I, we kind of want something nice in our life. Like we want to go for a walk every day. So we walk one day, walk two days, then we don't go for a walk. And then we walk another one or two days, then we don't walk for three days. And then we don't walk for four months. And then... <laughs> okay? So you read your Bible. You go three days in a row. And then you drop it again. And then you read again. And then you drop it again. And people say, don't give up. I say, don't give up. But the fact of the matter is that every time you drop it, you undo the last three days that you actually did. You undo it. It's not becoming a habit. It's becoming a common practice, but not a habit. If it's going to be a habit, something has to stick for 40 days nonstop. So when we say 40 days, we have loved ones in a small group that are saying to you, did you read your Bible? Did you pray today? Did you do this? And it all, it's not time consuming, but it's a matter of making sure every day for 40 days my brothers my sisters you put in that kind of effort you put can put in that kind of discipline for a 40-day period you tell me god's not going to go to work in your life in your relationships you're not going to see some breakthroughs when you take him seriously he takes you seriously Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you practice them. John 13, 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you practice them. So, what happens when we practice good habits? Answer, we grow up. 
We grow up. What happens when we practice good habits? We grow up because habits make character. Character builds maturity and we grow up. 1 Corinthians 9.25 says, All good athletes train hard and practice to get better. They do to win a prize that won't last. But we practice to win a prize that will last forever. How much more we should be willing to put in the hard work? To put in the hard work. So, there are four habits for spiritual growth that we talk about and that we help people understand in our maturity class. I'm going to teach it to you again, right, real quick. And we're going to practice it so that it sticks during the 40 days of the... Number one is a habit of weekly large group worship. A habit of weekly large group worship. You're doing that right now. You're sitting in a large group right now. Okay? So that's one of the ways, one of the habits, to come to church regularly. To come to worship regularly. To be part of worship services regularly. We're going to do that non-stop for those weeks. Number two is a habit of small group fellowship. Small group fellowship. Why? Because when you're in a large group, you write it down. Are you writing it down? Or you have, it's already there. It's already there? Do you want to translate it? No? Okay. When you're in a large group, you tune out. Did you know that? You know? When you're in a large group, you tune out. Why? Because you can't focus on everybody. You can't connect with everybody. So the best thing is to turn inward and you tune out. But when the group is only three, excuse me, four. You want an umbrella? Three. <laughs> they told you monsoon was coming. You didn't you don't listen. What was I talking about? When you're with three or four people, a restaurant always has maximum six people at a table. The reason they do that is because you don't want that. You don't want to get anything bigger than that. More than five or six people, you can't focus on what everybody's saying. Because if you're Indian and if you're from my family, we all talk at the same time. Okay? You know? And whenever someone's quiet, that's an interruption. <laughs> so everybody's got it but when you have about four or five people three or four people even the smaller the better three is better than five five is better than six uh, five is better than eight that kind of thing so I'm talking small small groups so you got a big large group and we all do the same thing together but when you're in a small group you don't stand in a circle in a row you get into a circle and circles are better than rows Circles are better than rows. And you go out, you meet, you talk, you look into each other's eyes, and you uh, interact. So we're going to have a habit, habit of a small group community of faith, where you have chosen these people to grow with. You have chosen these people to grow with. This is how Jesus structured the church for your support. Look at what he says in Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. Every day the believers had the habit. There it is. Every day, the believers had the habit of meeting together in the temple courts. Solomon's court right outside the temple. Everybody gathered for the teaching. Great. That's worship together. And also in their homes. You see that? Also in their homes. Actually, every day they met in their homes. So we need both. So we need both. Number three. The third habit you're going to develop, if you don't already have it, if you have it, you're going to help somebody else with it. The third habit is a daily time alone with God. A daily time alone with God. Don't say you're too busy. It's a lie. It's a lie. Anyone who says, I'm too busy for a daily quiet time, it's just a lie. Because that's just not true. 
God has given us all enough time to live with Him, to walk with Him, to talk with Him. And He is ready and willing to change your life, your job, your relationships, your priorities, your circumstances in order to fit into your life. Why? Why does God want so much in your life? Because He's hungry for your attention? No, He wants you to get His attention. He wants you to enjoy His attention. He wants you to enjoy His wisdom alone, alone. It makes all the difference. When you come to be here with God with 120 people, that's all oh, great. We were all with God. When you were with a small group, yes, we were a small group and we kind of all together. But when you're alone with God, you are special. You are real. You are acknowledged. You are valued. And that's where you make a personal connect with God. And we're going to make that uh, stick in this third habit. Number four, the habit of memorizing God's word. The habit of memorizing God's word. Why do we memorize anything? Don't say exam. Or maybe that's right. But why do we memorize anything? Why do you memorize a particular phone number? Or rules? Or formulas? Or codes? Or passwords? They're important to us. They're going to get you out of trouble just when you need it. At the time when you need it, you won't be able to. You're not going to be able to do that. Correct? Correct? The reason you memorize something is because when you most need it, you're not going to have access to it. I know you have your phone and you've got Google and you've got, you know, that girl, what's her name? Alexa or. Um, yeah. She's not going to be there for you when you most need Ezekiel 14.33. All right. The habit of memorizing God's word. So let me ask you a question. Do you want to succeed in life? Do you want to succeed in life? Here's what God's word says. Always remember what is written in this book. Read it, think about it every day, and be sure to obey everything written in it. If you do this, if you do this, you will be prosperous and successful in your life. God is either telling the truth or he's lying to you. Take a wild guess. God is either telling the truth or he is lying to you. Now when God gives you his word, that if you make this instruction book the most important thing, that you read it, you watch it, you chew it, you live it, you work it, then he takes the onus to make your life a success. You will be prosperous and successful. God says that, he means it. Let's stick with that. Number four, number four. So I'm going to give you material every week through your small group leader. And you will have enough material for every day. And all you got to take is about 15 minutes a day. This is not like 14 hours each day. 15 minutes a day and make it a habit. And we're going to see God do some amazing things in your life. Number four, we grow when we help each other to grow. We grow when we help each other to grow. Why? Because spiritual growth is relational. Spiritual growth is relational. We are better together. Let's say that together. We are better together. You got to believe it. You got to believe it. You need people. 
I know you're hotshot and some of you can do everything on your own and you're multi-talented and all that. That's wonderful. But it's actually a little island of selfishness or, 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 or uh, arrogance when one person feels that they can do everything on their own. So as an individual, you need other people. Even families that think our family is sufficient, we are okay, we've got everything we need, we don't need any other families. That's arrogance. We need each other. We need each other. Now here's the problem. The people you need may not be the people you like. I gotta tell you. The people you need may not be the people you like. Sometimes I go to gym, you know, annually. <laughs> and there are some gym instructors over there. I don't like them. I don't like them. They get in the way, you know. And that day I threw him a dumbbell. He didn't catch. <laughs> I don't know what the deal with that is. What, what instructor can't catch a dumbbell? All right, so you're going to have some people in your small group that you're going to have to work with. And it's not a law. It's not a law. You, you can pick people you like. You can pick people friends. But there's going to be people in your small group that you don't necessarily kind of would pick as a normal friend in your normal life. But this is not your normal life. This is your spiritual life. This is your godly life. This is your eternal life we're talking about. So God is going to put some people in your life that, is going, that are going to rub you the wrong way. And why do, should you accept people that you may not necessarily like in your small group? Because the goal of a small group is to learn to love. And if you love the people you like, what great thing have you done? But if you love the people you don't like, love the people that don't agree with you, love the people that differ with you, that's when you're really expressing the love of God. So, you're going to be in a small group. I'm not going to force you into anything that just kind of, you're so uncomfortable with it that you just can't see eye to eye with anybody. That's not going to happen. But then but you will have a couple of people that you may not. That's why we take this as a commitment for habitual growth. Romans chapter 1 verse 12 says, I want us to help each other with the faith we have. I love this verse. Look at this again. I want us to help each other with the faith that we have. Your faith will help me. My faith will help you your faith will help me and my faith will help you i want to correct some misgiving and misunderstanding of yours right now there are those of you who think that your faith can't help anybody else and you're wrong you can be a tremendous help to others you can be a tremendous, oh, boss, I don't have much, my spiritual life is a mess. And that's okay. That's okay. Nobody's that bad, first of all. Things aren't that bad, first of all. But first start believing that your faith can help other people's faith, and other people's faith can help your health. Paul says that. All right. I want us to help each other with the faith. You'll never grow to spiritual maturity by yourself. You're going to use people, people are going to use you, and you're going to help each other. So why relationships are, why are relationships essential for spiritual growth? Because God wants you to learn to love. God wants you to learn to love. Let us be concerned 
about one another, to help one another, to show love and to do good. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more. So, what's the action point here? Join a small group. Join a small group. Adopt a group that's going to be your spiritual life group. That's going to be your community for faith. That's going to help you develop your spiritual life. Even more so in this 40 days. You can quit after the 40 days. That's good news. You can quit after the 40 days if you don't like them. You come to me and say, Pastor Jeremy, I really don't like them. I won't tell them, promise. We want to start as many groups as possible because we want everybody to be in a group. Now, maybe you don't like anybody here or you're not comfortable with anybody here. Find two or three other friends. If you were already part of some community, don't have to have so many other communities. You say, Pastor, I already go to 14 Bible studies in one week. Don't, don't start another group, please. Just, <laughs> right. So, take one group and say, let's adopt this material for 14 days, for 40 days. Let's adopt this material for 40 days. If you've already got a group, you can, like on Facebook, you can uh, declare yourself safe. <laughs> I'm already in a small group. I'm safe. I'm on the island. Okay, if you're already in a small group, but you need to let us know that you are in a small group, where your small group meets, and if you are open to adding any more people to your small group. Okay? So that you can do that. Couples can get together, men can get together, women can get together, uh, families can get together, but... Uh, it has to be about the material and about really holding each other accountable. So if you're going to get uncomfortable with certain people, you better have the people that you're okay with uh, in that sense. All right, so we want lots of small groups. We have very dedicated small group leaders. We have people who are going to be relating to me every week and meeting me with, with me every week, and we're going to be praying for you and we're going to be looking after our small groups more strictly than we have ever done before. And I'm going to ensure that the shepherding of our church is through small group relational community, loving community, caring community, through small groups. I am going to make sure, listen carefully, I'm going to make sure that I am not the answer to your spiritual needs. I'm going to make sure that I am not the one-stop source for your spiritual needs. I'm going to make sure that if I die, your spiritual growth and your success is not affected at all. I'm going to set things up in such a way to make sure that you succeed no matter what. And this church succeeds no matter what. If I die, come to the funeral, but nothing else. That's it. Everything else goes on. So that's what I'm working on. That's what I'm focusing on. And I believe in relationships. And I believe in the way the Lord Jesus has set up the things for the church as we serve one another. So we have some dedicated small group leaders who are there for you. And I want everyone to have that community. So you're going to take a moment in a bit to just make a commitment to being part of a small group. You can't say, I want to grow spiritually, but I don't want to have anything to do with anybody else. That's not going to work. All right, real quick. Number five, we grow when we expect to grow. We grow when we expect to grow. Why haven't you grown so far? Because you didn't expect it. You didn't trust God for it. So it is a faith target. It's a faith target. Say, say to God, God, in the next 40 days, I want to see some serious change in my life. I want to see some serious change in my marriage. I want to see some serious change in my memories or the struggles that I have or my bitterness. Stake, I mean, absolutely nail it. 
grab hold of it. Say, this has been a problem for me, God. In these 40 days, I want release from this. Or if you're stuck on porn, say, Lord, in the next 40 days, I want absolutely free, absolute freedom from porn. If you're stuck on anything, if you're hung up on a relationship, Lord, you're going to set me free. You're going to break me free from this in the next 40 days. Set a spiritual target for yourself. I'm not just talking about, oh, by the end of it, you'll be reading your Bible every day. I hope so. That target anyway. But we're looking for some serious, serious changes. If you've been stuck in a rut, if you've been not growing, if you've kind of come to a little bit of a jam, and you're not able to move past, this is the time, brothers. Set a spiritual goal and go with it. Expect to grow. Expect miracles. Expect a breakthrough. Set a goal. Number six, we grow when we commit to growing. We grow when we commit to growing. It's not automatic. If you're committed to growing, it's going to happen. If you're not committed to growing, it's not going to happen. It's as simple as that. So the real question and the title of today's sermon is, do you really want to grow up? Do you really want to grow up? Jeremiah 29, 13 says, God says, you'll find me when you get serious about finding me. Come on, why don't we read this together? You'll find me when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. Action step, you make a covenant with one another. You make a covenant with one another. Nehemiah, he says, in view of all this, we are making a covenant together in writing. All of us are signing our names to it. All of us are signing our names. I want you to make a covenant with your small group. When you meet together, you will make a commitment to each other. You know, what is, what's the point without a covenant? You all make covenants every single week, every month, every day. You make covenants. When you go to the gym, you make a covenant. You promise. You pay up. When you take a loan, you make a covenant to pay that for the next 12 uh, months or for the next 36 months, don't you? When you buy a house, you make a covenant to, to be able to pay that off. When you get married, you make a covenant to do that. When you go to school, when you sign up for a job, you sign a con. You're making covenants right, left, and center. Make a covenant with God and with his people that you are going to grow and that God is going to do some great things in your life. Our greatest wish in prayer is that you may become mature. Our greatest wish in prayer is that you may become mature. So here are two choices, two options. Not two choices, but two options. Either you're going to do nothing and you're going to miss out and you're going to watch people around you get all excited about what God is doing in their life. And 40 days from today, you're going to be wondering, yeah, whatever, I don't know what just happened, but uh, nothing happened with me. Or you're going to get serious about the most important part of your life and you're going to get on top of things. Okay? I want to say a word of prayer for you as you make that covenant. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me? I'm not forcing you into the covenant, but I'm getting everybody to stand because we're praying, because we're in the presence of God. But for those of you who are making that covenant, Lord, I want to grow. Lord, I want some, some breakthroughs. Lord, I want to see some miracles, not to believe, but because I believe. Lord, I want some fresh change in my life. Lord, I want you to take me to the next level. No matter what covenant you're making, just stand with me and ask God, Lord, do something powerful in our church. We're standing as a church, as a community. Lord, do something powerful in us, oh God. Lord, Lord, we want you. We want you to look into our lives. 
We want to go through a period of examination, of testing and tests like medical tests. There's going to be some fears. There's going to be some figures that will scare us. There's going to be some practices that are outside of our comfort zone. But whatever the cost, we are willing to pay to grow. We are willing of God to do what it takes to see change in my life, in my family lives, in my small group, and in my church. I'm willing to bring others who I know who desperately need this. I've got a week to think about who are the people I'm going to bring with me that will benefit from what we're about to hear. Lord Jesus, today I covenant with you and with your people to grow. I present to you my personal spiritual goals. I ask your blessing and your help to accomplish this. I'm going to share these goals with my small group. I ask you this in faith, believing that the next 45, 50 days are going to be life-changing for me. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Please have a seat.